Check out Organized Chaos, an ESPN podcast hosted by former NFL coach Rex Ryan and his former Jets and Ravens linebacker, Bart Scott. The duo will be reunited in this weekly podcast with new episodes every Monday that will provide listeners with expert insight and analysis on everything happening around the league featuring trending stories from on and off the field. That's Organized Chaos. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in the latest Daily Wager Extra podcast. We are taping this Sunday night after the games, as we always do throughout the NFL season. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined momentarily by ESPN researcher extraordinaire Mackenzie Kramer. We're going to get through all the big headlines from today and set the stage for Monday night and also uh, just really kind of process everything as we are almost through seven full weeks of the NFL season as we approach the end of October. Mackenzie, the home teams finally fight back today. Yeah, we haven't had a week all year where home teams have had a winning record outright, much less against the spread. And both those changed this week. Home teams eight and four against the spread, nine and three outright. So a very strong week for the home teams. Still below five, still 500 exactly straight up and below 500 on the season. But still the first winning week for home teams all year is a big story. Really buried the lead. Another strong showing by the public. Third straight week, the public does well at the counter. Sports books, we don't want to, we're not crying for them, but it's just interesting. I, I think it's kind of fun when we, uh, it's actually cool when we take it, e- we don't take it easy on them, but it is interesting that the public uh, hasn't been just folding like we kind of expect usually after these big weeks. Well, it helps when you have five big favorites of at least seven points and they go four and one against the spread. We have the three giant double digit favorites. Two of them cover uh, one, one easily, one not so easily. And the other one didn't come close to covering. And then, of course, New England with the easy cover and then Green Bay outplayed by Washington for much of the game, but they still covered the spread as well. So four and one for the big favorites this week. In fact, one interesting thing, too. We have not had an upset by an, I fa- uh, with an underdog of at least seven and a half points all year. This is the first. This is the second time since the NFL merger in 1970 where we have not had an upset of over a touchdown in the first seven weeks of the season. So, if you're looking at your survivor contest, your eliminator contest, wondering why nobody's getting knocked out, that's probably why. So that's really interesting. I think some of it, a small amount, it because you had like the Bengals today, right? One outright. As what well, would it close six or six and I saw a half? Six, six. Okay, I think fifteen years ago that line would have been seven. So I think the market is tighter now, and with all technology being able to track sharp bets and and respected players and the counts, I think the the market moves are more on point. I I talked about this, uh, you know, grab drinks or whatever with buddies. One guy's an excellent arbitrage player, and he thinks like one and two point middle, stuff like that are just so valuable, but they weren't that valuable back in the day because the market wasn't that tight. So the more, it's just so much more precise now. So I, I wonder uh, if some of that is just the market being tighter and, 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 you know, like I said, the Bengals are a prime example of what it would have been seven and a half maybe back in the day. Well, I know on Thursday, we had one of the best middle opportunities all season with Denver opening plus five. I mentioned that in this right. podcast. I jumped on that one early, but by the time that game started, we got the injury report and most of the injured players in the Browns ended up playing that line closes one, one and a half. And if you jumped on both sides, you had a pretty easy middle opportunity right there. Sometimes line moves aren't so sharp. Case in point. The Las Vegas Raiders and Philadelphia Eagles. Three, you're, you must be loving life. You get plus three, closes pick them essentially, and uh, up in smoke right away. Yeah, 
Well, I, I guess not right away. Eagles did drive and score the first touchdown. I put my article in the Eagles plus three. I can't seem to get a pick right in the article, no matter what I do. I, I thought I had the closing line value. I picked it before Darren Waller was moved out. Which well, you did. Seemed, you did. Get, I know. I had plus three. That's what I picked it. And then, of course, you get a ribbon or something. It's the, fir- it's the first game to go off as a straight pick them all year. So that's going to mess up all my ATS standings notes all year because I hate pick them games for that reason. But uh Big, yeah, Eagles went up 7 nothing. the Raiders cruise from there, and another over at Allegiant Stadium, 10-2 and two at the new uh, Vegas Digs. Wow. You know, I, and I'm only giggling because I feel your misery, and I know it all too well. It's, it's you play mind games with yourself, and it's a total headache, um, so I sympathize with you as much as I'm, I'm giggling. It just, it is, it just comes with the territory, and obviously the NFL, so difficult. So, um, we talked about the last couple of years, road teams were winning outright just in general, right? And then underdogs had been covering this year. Underdogs did not do that well today, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, un- underdogs, five and six ATS. So uh, favorites, six and five. Favorites haven't had a winning week all year either. So it's been it's been road teams and underdogs all year, but this week might start to change the trend. Favorites are, are 49 and 56 on the year. And again, like I said, uh, six and five this week. You know, it's funny you're saying, uh, you know, the public doing well, it helps when these big favorites, that's not a high volume game, right? When there's like 17 point spreads, the public doesn't typically get involved, but Saturday night I had to uh, load money in one of the accounts here in town, and I'm sitting in line, and the guy in front of me just gets to the window, and he's looking up at the board. You know, it's the kiss of death, right? When you're you're making your decision on what to put on the tickets when you're at the window, not ahead of time, and he's just looking, and he ends up putting like a parlay with three of the the, the big double digit spreads, and I'm just like shaking. I'm like, oh, this is what everyone says, the stereotype. I'm looking at one guy who like fits the stereotype. Perfectly. My favorite story with that was when I was at the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I was online ready to hammer Mayweather, the biggest bet I'd ever made in my life at that point. And everybody else in that line was making small bets on Conor McGregor. And then here I come on Mayweather, which obviously was the right side in that one. The freest money you'll ever get at a Vegas window. So I mentioned the Ravens win. That was obviously one of the big games of the day. And really one of the biggest games, I mean, Scott Hansen said it on Red Zone today, the biggest games for the Bengals franchise in about a handful of years, right? I mean, it goes back to when Andy Dalton won for the Bills to go to the playoffs, right? He was their favorite son. But like that was, uh, you know, this team has been just destroyed. They get Joe Burrow, then he gets hurt last year. So it's been a while since they had a meaningful game, obviously, when they went into the playoffs with Carson Palmer, but they couldn't win a playoff game all those years under Marvin Lewis. So... Uh, really big win for them, and obviously a bright, bright future with uh, Jamar Chase. I need to apologize to the Bengals nation, the Houday nation. I'm sorry for saying the Bengals made a mistake drafting Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase. Clearly, Jamar Chase right, yeah. is, or sorry, Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. You know what I mean? Chase is obviously a superstar. He's helped bring that offense to a brand new level. The offensive line still isn't great, but it's held up enough to make that uh, connection really work. And who had uh, the three teams on top of the AFC right now as the Bengals, the Titans, and the Raiders? Certainly not me. Yeah, so the big story is the Chiefs. Probably, like, the worst performance of the season. Is that oh, absolutely. I mean, we've seen some stinkers. But, I mean, given where the bar is set for the Chiefs, the third shortest Super Bowl odds entering the weekend, and to have that, just mind-boggling. They didn't look like the same team. It looked like it was a team on, in final week of the season, week 18, just like mailing it in. It's just And then, you know, this Super Bowl hangover thing, I was all about Mahomes, uh, have the heavy, heavy bets on him to win the MVP. That's not going to happen. This Super Bowl hangover, only two teams have ever lost in the Super Bowl, come back to win it the next year. And that's the, ironically, the undefeated Dolphins 
was the first one. And then Patriots a couple years ago did that. So, you know, for whatever it is, but this team was supposed to have this offensive line figured out and their defense has been horrendous, but the O couldn't get going today. That's what I don't understand is how do you put up only three points against this Titans defense? The over under in that game was 59, the highest we've had in three years. The Chiefs team total was in the 30s and they end up with three points. It's the fewest they've ever had in a game under Andy Reid. Uh, you were texting me earlier today about the Chiefs odds to miss the playoffs before the year. There are plus 650 to miss the playoffs before the year started. Um, and also, like you mentioned, that they're the preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. In the last 15 seasons, the only preseason Super Bowl favorite to have a record below 500 this late in the season, the 2015 Seahawks. And the last preseason Super Bowl favorite to miss the playoffs, the 2008 Patriots the year after Tom Brady got hurt when they went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. But this Chiefs team's got to have a lot of work left to go uh, go 12 and five this year. So that Seahawks team, will anything particular happen in that season? I forgot. I didn't dig too you deep said, in that. They know. started four and nine that year. They bounced back to make the playoffs. They didn't obviously win the Super Bowl, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, Cause the Brady injury makes sense, right? That was the year that he got hurt in Kansas city in week one. And even then they still uh, went 11 and five. That was coming off the 16 games. Year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's puzzling. And so I retweeted this. One of our, uh, I believe it was a former researcher tweeted this out. Just, like who they've lost to. They've lost to like solid AFC teams and they've only beaten one of them and that was Cleveland and they had to overcome a double digit deficit. So, um, no, you're right. Can't, you know, they're just kind of like a middle of the pack. Kansas City's 0 4 against the spread this year against teams with winning records. On the other hand, the Titans are 4 0 outright and ATS against teams that made the playoffs last year. So, Titans beat the Bills last week, beat the Chiefs this week. That's a heck of a two week stretch for Tennessee, who I was kind of doubting a little bit earlier in the year. I mean, they lost to the Jets, who <laughs> we saw the Jets today look like the worst team in NFL history. So, you know, ten Tennessee looking a lot better than they did a couple weeks ago when now that the receivers were healthy. Yeah, I got some late word this morning. The Sharps were on the Patriots, too. That was the pick I had to do for SportsCenter as my favorite play of the week in the NFL card. I did it for Darian Mel as well. I mean, it's just – I thought it would be like a nail-biter. I don't think it would be – I didn't think it would be as easy as the Week 2 win in New York, but I just had to lay the seven because they needed that win so badly, and obviously the Jets are the Jets. But, man, that was – that was a beat down I don't want, by uh, the Patriots. I don't want to talk too much about the Jets since, you know, they're my favorite team, though I watched a lot of that game. I'll say this, though. If C.J. Mosley is out, I would not be betting on the Jets. He means so much to that defense. He gets everybody set up. He was out today. They have no depth at linebacker, and you saw it today with the defense. They, the Patriots went up and down the field that entire game, putting up 54 points. It's, it's unbelievable how good the Patriots looked. And Mac Jones wasn't even asked to do that much. It was all short passing, completed one pass down the field, really. But the Jets had no answer for the Patriots defensively. And then Zach Wilson gets hurt, so he'll probably miss a couple weeks. So bad day for the yeah, Jets. I believe at least two weeks. Yeah. yeah, I believe at least two weeks. But look, the Patriots turned the corner, man. They played well against the the Bucks. Look how good the, the Bucks are whooping everyone. Now better at home than on the road, but still. Uh, and then the really Patriots had the, had the Cowboys on the ropes, too. And the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL. So I think the Pats are really turning the corner. Um, it's it's starting to work with Mac Jones. The defense uh, defensive pieces are falling into place, at least from my perspective. So um, this could be a bet on team. Obviously, it's easy, you know, when Belichick takes care of business. It's just, it goes back to the, you know what you're getting with Belichick coach New England teams. And that's the nice thing is a better you kind of want to, you want to know what you're getting with all these. You talk about Pittsburgh over Buffalo in Week One is most one of the most inexplicable results of the year. Miami beating New England in Week One also fits in that group. And one line I saw today when I was looking at the Bengals, Bengals are three and one outright as underdogs this year. The only time they lost was when they were underdogs in Chicago, which would not happen if that game were to happen today. And the Red Rifle Absolutely. was playing. Um, 
So a couple things. I, I, the Dolphins and Falcons turned in an exciting second half and fourth quarter. That was a wild game. Giants-Panthers, as advertised, just as gross as the score would indicate. 25-3, Giants needed a win. They got their second win of the season. We touched on the Chiefs-Titans. Um, so we had these double-digit favorites. It was wire-to-wire for the Bucs. I believe 21-0 after the first. They cruised them there. Brady gets his 600th career touchdown pass. Only player in NFL history to do that. The Cardinals were down, what were they, 5 nothing, and then it was 31 straight points. Pretty much dominating, started the end of the first half, into the second half, of course. But I'll tell you, man, the Lions, they came to play. And obviously, if everyone did it, it wouldn't be catching any team off, off guard. But the fact that they did that, I think that's what you have to do when you are grossly outmatched on paper. You have to fake punt twice, uh, you know, onside kick and go for it. I, I loved what the Lions did today, just the mindset. And Dan Campbell, man, I, I you talk about a guy who everyone was dismissive of and mocking for biting kneecaps in the press conference. Now we all love them. Absolutely. Lions now four and three against the spread, even though they haven't won a game all year. They hadn't run a pl- play with the lead all year until today. So that was a wild stat I saw on that broadcast. Um, that that would have knocked out a lot of people in the eliminator had the had the uh, Rams lost that one. We've actually had a 16 point underdog win outright each of the last three years. Last year, this Rams team lost to the Jets. Uh, to give them their first win of the year. So we've been seeing these massive upsets over the last couple of years. So three straight years with an upset that large from 1996 to 2017, we didn't have a single one. So that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. factoid on that, though. As you mentioned with the Cardinals, the Cardinals close as a 20-point favorite. The first time we've had a 20-point line since week three of 2019. They weren't covering pretty much the entire game until the end. They even covered the first half spread, even though they were down 5 nothing midway through the second quarter, cover the 11 and a half uh, first half spread in that one. So uh, easy win for the Cardinals. We're now seven and oh. Yeah, that third and I think like 19 play, play down the right sideline where Murray hit one of his receivers out of bounds at the five was just insane. Yeah. Like how they gave that up. It's I think it, but look, uh, the quarterback is out of his league. Davis Mills, it's it just it's tough sledding. They need Tyrod Taylor back. But I, I was just so impressed with the Lions today. Like the Rams played pretty well in the second half to get the win. Like they had to make some serious plays, and they did. But the Lions were right there. And you mentioned all these favorites, man. I mean, look, Tucker hit a 66-yarder against the Lions. We've had some big favorites. Should have probably gone down. I mean, even the Vikings against the Lions. I mean, look, they were up 10, and then somehow they were losing or whatever they were. You know, then they needed the late field goal. It's it, it, been remarkable some of these games and there's tom brady in the bucks which cruised to a win up thir- 35 to 3 at halftime and somehow the game stays under 47 points yeah with ease in a lot of ways it was just three points in the second half i i probably need to find better ways to make money than fade the uh, bucks but one and two the last three weeks with all this secondary banged up they're they are just so much better at home newsflash a lot of teams are although to your point earlier road teams are winning so that covers those big big favorites we mentioned the eagles raiders game Raiders are pretty good, man. So, you know, I'm starting to believe, you know, I kind of just like cautiously like say, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up too much when these Raiders start out well. But I think they love their coach, the new interim coach. And obviously the Chiefs are unraveling in, in more ways than one, especially defensively. Like the Raiders can win this division. They're five and two in first place. Chargers run a bye this week. They're four and two. 
I'm I'm now starting to believe a little bit in the Raiders. I could see it. I was even trying to make a, an MVP case for Derek Carr earlier today. I didn't I didn't quite get there. He doesn't quite have the passing touchdowns, but he's second in yards. They're five and two. They're going to have the Gruden narrative. He's got a lot of boxes in his favor if they can keep winning. I'm still not sure if they can keep winning. And again, he needs to get his passing touchdowns up. But I could see Carr being a guy that gets some momentum for MVP. I don't think he'll fall. I don't think he'll get there. But that was a guy I was looking at earlier today. And one thing with the Raiders, they were 18 to one before the year started to win that division. They're actually one of three teams that were picked last in the division entering the year that are now in first place. You got Arizona was plus 575. And of course, now they're seven, no undefeated. And then you have the Bengals, which were 25 to one before the year started. The only team in the entire NFL that had longer division odds entering the year was the Houston Texans. So you could have gotten some pretty good money if you took Cincinnati before the year. You and I were also texting. Brady's just filling it up. He's now tied for the second shortest odds to MVP at Caesar Sportsbook. He and Josh Allen are five to one. Kyler Murray still your betting favorite. He's at plus three seventy five. Excuse me, it's a three way tie for second. Brady, Josh Allen, and Dak Prescott. I, I've been writing about it. I have you know content that comes out every Tuesday for ESPN.com's chalk section about futures, whether it be Super Bowl MVP, and then something else that grabs my attention or one or two others. And I'll tell you, man, I, I basically been saying, like, you can't make a bet on these MVP. It's just so wide open. I mean, just look at what Lamar Jackson's doing, although they lost it. How about this? Look what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now, and he's the sixth favorite at 10-1. to 1. Now, the, the field of players is starting to tighten up a little bit, like Lamar Jackson with the loss, but he's certainly right there still in it. I mean, let's not get carried away. Uh, to your point, Derek Carr is 60-1, to 1, but I'm talking – Herbert at 15 to 1. Then you have Rodgers at 10 to 1. Jet Lamar Jackson 14 to 1. Stafford at plus 750. And then the three guys, the four guys I mentioned earlier at the top. But even Derrick Henry's in the mix at 16 to 1. Now, I think it's unlikely. I would never bet on a running back. Um, I, I wrote about this week that plus 750 for offensive player of the year is really enticing. Quarterbacks win about, like, about less than half the time the last 10 years or so. So not automatic. It goes to a QB as much as quarterbacks are for the MVP. I believe 13 the last 14 years. It was, an, uh, it was a quarterback award. But somebody keep in mind, it's just wide open. The reason I wanted to get into the M- – you mentioned Carr. Like, he may be a worthy candidate, but that means there has to be a quarterback of a one or a two seed if it's not the Raiders that is not deserving. And I just find that hard to imagine, right? Like, all these stud teams right now. Look at the NFC, and Nance was mentioning it at the end of the broadcast. You have Arizona at 7-0. and Then you have the Rams, Bucks, Packers – and Cowboys all with one loss. And we'll start to get some idea of who the better team is next week because Green Bay and Arizona play each other on Thursday night. But back to the MVP discussion really briefly, I I think Brady right now has to be considered the favorite. He's first in yards, first in touchdowns. They're six and one. You have to imagine that voters are going to want to vote for a guy like Brady as he enters his final years in the NFL. You would think, but who knows? It's Tom Brady. He could be around for another 15 years, but he hasn't won since 2017. He's only won the award three times. He's two behind Peyton Manning. So you would think that that Brady might get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of sports writers. So he might be the favorite, especially for- if their defense continues to stink. Right. And he carries the offense. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why well, he's, he's putting up so many numbers and the offense carries the team. Right. And he's making it look easy and, and rightfully so. It's such a mental, uh, there's such a large mental component to quarterbacking, right? The game manager component is very um, legitimate in terms of the value played. Now he obviously has the skill set and the arm and all that, but that that mental 
um, oh, just the knowledge, the understanding, the the nuances of how to read defense. It's just all so easy for him at this point. It's just like when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl his last year. Like Pey- Peyton had no arm strength at that point, but he was able to mentally get by those games, and he can just read a defense, know who's going to be open, know where he's going to go with the ball, and get the, and get the ball out. You don't need to throw the ball that far down the field. And Brady's got some of the best weapons in the NFL too, with his wide receiver and and the tight end group. So. We have Survivor. Everybody got there. It was tough in that you had to kind of get cute without getting too cute. I was, like I know some people took the Patriots this week. I, I didn't play with fire unless I had to. I'd already used uh, the Cardinals in one of those. But it's starting to get a little hairy. Uh, next week's going to be a tough week. There are not a lot of great options because uh, if, if you, I assume people have used the Rams. They're at the Texans, and the Bills are hosting the Dolphins. Um, well, the most popular pick I think is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs at three and four hosting the Giants. That spreads nine and a half or ten right now. You also have Seattle hosting Jacksonville, but do you really want to be trusting Geno Smith with your survivor no. life? I don't know, but again, it's Jacksonville on the road, and then after that, it's 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 pretty bleak there. So you think people will use the Chiefs next? I think week. the Chiefs will be a very popular. I don't think that many people have used the Chiefs, and they're playing the Giants at home. I I, I do think that a lot of people, I, and you could just look at the hey, maybe they'll bounce back from the win and. Like you said, there aren't that many good options. Maybe the Bengals on the road against the Jets. That'll probably be a popular one, especially if Zach Wilson yeah, doesn't play. But again, do you, yeah, you want to sure. t- take the Bengals on the road? The Bengals were a popular pick on the road a couple of weeks ago against Jacksonville, and they nearly lost that game. So like you said, it's not a it's not a very strong week on paper. I'll probably be on Kansas City in my in my main uh, circus or, uh, survivor pool. And you mentioned the Patriots being an, uh, a pick off the radar. They were actually the most popular pick in the circuit pool because in the circuit pool, there are two, you have to make two picks on Thanksgiving week and two picks on Christmas week. And if you look ahead, I forget, I think it's Thanksgiving. I forget which one, but it's a pretty like the Cardinals. You want to save them for one of those weeks. So if you burn the Cardinals now, you're, you're, you're not looking too hot. One of those weeks, I forget if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, but. Okay. So it's Christmas. Uh, they host the Colts. There you go. I think that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> So I have it all done on spreadsheet and everything. So I, I, uh, I mean, Cowboys will probably get used on Thanksgiving. They're they're hosting the Raiders now. The Raiders are good, but the Cowboys are really good, and they're at have home. you looked at that Thanksgiving um, slate? That that is going to be the wildest yeah. Survivor Week of the year. Bears might get competent by then, but the Lions might get competent too. Well, that game is at Detroit. You're really taking the Bears on the road? I don't think so. I, and I, I can't see any form. I, I can't see any way the Bears are a team I would want to trust in Survivor in four weeks. But again, all the bad teams are playing each other. The uh, the Jets play the Texans. Washington plays probably Geno and Seattle. Miami plays Carolina. The like it's it's not a good week for picks that week. It's going to get interesting now because like I said there's some easy choices next week but a lot of time a lot of people have already used those teams, right? Right, that's why I think the, the Bills be popular. the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. The more I thought about it, sure. Okay, Monday night. Um I like the over. I actually gave it out as a best bet on daily wager this morning because I just think the offenses are going to be able to get there. So, you know, you know, Pete Carroll had the training wheels on for Geno last week, and then the second half, he let it rip a little bit. But that's because that Steelers front with T.J. Watt leading the way were so potent. We, we don't have that in Seattle. I think And Carroll, when they were down 14-0, he's not going to try to nibble and get within straight. He's going to let it rip. So I think that they'll get some points. And then also at home, I think Geno will be better, having played another game under his belt as well. And I think Jameis and the Saints will be just fine with Kamara and company as his weapons. I think we're going to see some points. This was about 43 at last check. 
So I'm optimistic on the over in that one. Yeah, I saw it at 42, and I have good news for you because I like the under in that game, and and fading me is probably a good thing at this point. Uh, <laughs> couple things with that game. I think both those teams are going to be run first offenses. The weather is not looking very good. It looks like it's going to be 15 to 20 mile an hour winds kind of like tonight, tonight, tonight's game went over between the Colts and the 49ers, <laughs> but uh, I, I could see the wind have making a play there. Both these teams are going to w- want to run the ball. I think it'd be a limited amount of possessions. I think it'll come down to who basically converts in the red zone. And if they get touchdowns in the red zone, it'll go over. And if they don't, it'll go under. It seems pretty simple, but I don't think there'll be that many possessions. I don't trust the Seahawks or the saints to really go on long extended touchdown drives the Seahawks have done a pretty good job defending the deep ball and preventing uh big plays we've seen the Saints offense this year that that's been a lot of their offense this year getting big plays down the field to Deontay Harris and Marquez Galloway so I would lean the under but I'm not super confident in it I put it in the article but uh, I'm starting to have a little bit of cold feet but the wind is uh definitely a factor that I that of why I would like the under when it comes to weather I always look at the wind I don't really care about the rain but even, I mean, look at the turnovers tonight. It was crazy. And the game went over somehow because the defenders couldn't a bomb. They kept committing P.I. to get the Colts. But the Colts were uh, pretty strong after fall, digging themselves a 9 nothing lead. Once again, Shanahan does not deliver as a favorite. Home favorite. I'm reading your notes here. He's 3-15-2 ATS. Yeah. 0-8 since the start of last season as a home favorite. Uh, they've they've now failed to cover in four straight games. They're one and five against the spread, and they'll be favored next week because next week they're in Chicago. So he's he's not good overall as a favorite, but the home favorite splits are pretty crazy. Like you said, three fifteen and two. That's you don't normally see three fifteen and two when you're looking at these trends. A Doc Rivers esque endorsement <laughs> or lack thereof when asked if Jimmy G is going to be his quarterback next week, and then he said, "I got to check the injury report," implying. Trey Lance certainly in the mix. I don't know what's going on. It, I just I tweet this. It's remarkable to me how some championship windows can stay open a while and some can just be blips on the radar and close, seemingly closed, right? Niners get to the Super Bowl. They have this powerful defense. Jimmy G's but you know, blossoming into a, he almost was Super Bowl MVP. They almost won the whole damn thing. And then injuries the next year. And then this year, they're just like nobody's ever open on offense. And I think Shanahan's afraid to run the ball as much as he used to. So I don't know what's going on, but they just they don't look right. I saw Shanahan getting a lot of tweet heat on Twitter tonight. He's eight games below 500 as a head coach in his career. He's had one winning record in his career. It's not like we all love Kyle Shanahan. It seems like he's a very good coach, but his record isn't great. He didn't take over a great 49ers team, but. You know, at some point, your record is what you say, what it says you are, and and these eight games below five hundred took over a bad team. And remember, they were really bad. They had Jimmy G on the sidelines. They were basically tanking. Um, all right, man. Well, that does it. Do we miss anything? You got anything in the chamber you want to empty? Um, I, I pretty much got most of what I wanted to say out there. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot in the World Series. It's the closest World Series line we've had. Uh, Astros and the and yeah. the Braves is the closest World Series line we've had since twenty fifteen with the Royals and the Mets. The uh, the Braves were 10 to one entering the year. The Astros are 22 to one. That's the best number you could have gotten all year on the Astros. The Braves were actually 50 to one around the trade deadline in early August. So you could have gotten wow. some good odds on them. Um, the, if the Astros win, they'd be the biggest uh, preseason long shots to win since the Royals in that 2015 World Series. But uh, home t- favorites and, and uh, underdogs have kind of alternated winning the uh, World Series the last couple of years. So <laughs> we'll see what happens this year. It should be a good series. Look, the Braves are good, man. They've, you know, it's not just the Dodgers who had injuries. The Braves had them too. They lost Azuna as well. They've answered every challenge. They were up 3 1 a year ago. Let's not forget that. And then they thought things broke the Dodgers' way this year. Dodgers didn't execute. They had 
They were down 4-1, get runner in, second and third, nobody out, and they don't get another run in the rest of the game. You're, that's not gonna. That's not winning baseball, as they say. And let me just throw and one so college football total at you for next week. Iowa, okay. Iowa at Wisconsin, 36 and a half. That's remarkable. It's the lowest total all year, lowest since last year's Army-Navy game. So expect... I would not bet over. Expect, I would not expect bet over a rock off. fight in that one. That's a first half under I, I, because I players will be flying around early and they don't trust their quarterbacks. Iowa does a little bit more, but um, I think Iowa's going to handle them. I don't think Wisconsin's good. They just caught Purdue flat off a big, big upset the previous week. I think Iowa's going to take care of business at Camp Randall. Wisconsin laying three in that one right now. Yeah. Oh, Wisconsin yeah. is. Wow. That's interesting. Wisconsin to keeps laying points to these higher ranked teams. Yeah, they finally got it done, though, against Purdue uh, as opposed to previous situations. All right, Mac Daddy, thanks so much. Really good stuff as always. And um, thanks to everyone. Again, Daily Wager, regular podcast, Monday through Friday, post around 12.30 p.m. Eastern, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate all the metrics and the analytics, the downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, all that fun stuff. Yeah.